Yo, what's up? It's your girl, DJ Narc. I didn't even know this thing was going to turn on. I was just talking to myself. And what I was just about to say out of my mouth was, oh my God, these hoes are dangerous. Yo, these hoes are dangerous. It is 7.10 a.m. Welcome to the day after Valentine's Day. I've recorded the Valentine's Day podcast like three fucking times. And I had to delete it because I was like, this shit is soft. It's not accurate. It's not what we need. And then I realized what was wrong with me. I don't like when people pretend to need things. Yo, if you ever really, really want to see me be vicious, pretend like you're weak when you're not. Pretend you need something when you don't. Act like you're helpless when you're not. And you will see a side of me that will probably make you never want to be around me again. Heartless? You don't even know. You try and act like you can't do something for yourself that I know you can do. You try and act like you can't handle a situation that I know you can. You try and act like you need me in a situation where you don't need anyone but yourself. And then you try to put that guilt, that blame, that neediness on somebody else. Boy, whether it's me or not, even if I'm just a witness to it, the anger that builds in me because it's simple training, right? I've realized the more I've learned what the word self-esteem actually means and what what it is, what's what's the definition of it? You know, we throw it around a lot. But about like 10, 12 years ago, I realized that the definition, the actual definition of self-esteem is your your faith in your ability to handle any given situation. So <clears throat> someone with high self-esteem, they come across an emotionally troubling, physically troubling, uh, financially troubling situation, and their mind, their psychocybernetic settings go, hey, you can handle this. What if we do this? What if we do that? What if we figure this out? And boom, there you are. You're on your way. You're rolling. Low self-esteem is the lack of this knowledge, the lack of this confidence, the lack of this energy. So something emotionally, financially, physically troubling happens and the psychocybernetic settings go, I I just, I can't, I think I need to talk to this person. I think I need to do this. Oh God, what am I going to do? And you know, it can devolve. It can get worse and worse and worse. Some of you are thinking, yeah, I don't even go through that. I go straight to like panic mode, panic mode. Oh God, my head is ringing like an alarm, you know. And <clears throat> what I've realized is that self-esteem and fight or flight is very connected, right? So you can be fight or flight and have high self-esteem. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying one is, you know, uh, connected to one and one is connected to that. Not at all. What I'm saying is whether or not you want to fight or you want to run from a situation, your level of self-esteem will put you in the position to get that done or to never get it done. So if you think, oh, you know, I'm not always fight. I definitely have a flight instinct. I'm the first person, if we're walking down the street and I get a funny feeling, I'm the first person to be like, I don't want to go down this road. I was with a bunch of my friends in Copenhagen. Most of my friends that are Danes are guys, but not because I don't like Danish girls. I have a couple of Danish uh, female friends that I'm really, really close to. Um, But I think that Danish society is set up a little bit differently where kids are still very much kids. 
Um, they don't talk with like these fake kid voices and all this other really horrific shit that we do here. Um, they talk like normal people and it's not like you can't engage them. They're very intelligent. But kids there, especially teenagers, are not, um, they don't have the responsibilities. They are not beset with financial worries, et cetera, et cetera. College, how are we going to pay for it? Who's going to pay for it? They don't have these kind of worries. Um, they all get to have braces if they need them, you know, like stuff that the government pays for. So they don't have the same alienating factors, if you will, that children growing up, for example, in the U.S. would have, just in terms of what can my parents afford and what can't they afford. Teeth has always been one of those things, right? Um, You can, for the most part, people assume that if you have super, super straight teeth and really nice teeth growing up, that your parents had money. So that doesn't exist in Denmark, right? Because they don't have those factors. So women in their 20s, early 20s are for the most part emotionally and mentally still in like their kid years because they're allowed to be you know they're allowed to be children for quite a long time because this the state supports you now does that mean that they're not emotionally mature actually not at all it's the it's the opposite because they're allowed to be kids they take a lot of time to learn how to process their emotions um so so what that all means is um I I don't really relate to early to late 20s, even early 30s, maybe early 30s a little bit. Like I can relate to them a little bit. Um but mainly my female friends in Denmark are like my age or much older than me. Um because there's just this amazingly groovy uh seat of power that those women settle into. Uh, I think around their mid 30s, where you can't really tell them shit. You know, they're well educated, they got their own jobs, they got their own money, they look good, they've been taking care of themselves, they live in a society that echoes back to them at all points, at all times, that they can do whatever the fuck they want. Um, and they come into a really beautiful place of knowing and fruition and self actualization that's just a joy to be around, a joy to watch. A joy to learn from. In a lot of ways, Danish women in their 50s and 60s remind me a lot of my mom. Like, um, my mother's always liked Scandinavian women. She has two brothers who uh, live in Norway. She's always loved going up there. So, like, my mom and white women have a really great relationship. My, like, my mom fucks with white women heavy. They love her. She loves them. Like, it's just, it's funny. Um but she's also the the least uh, assuming person. Like, my mom isn't assuming anything about you until you tell her something. Like, until you give her a reason to judge you, she won't. You know? Um, anyway, <clears throat> all that is to say that I have a group of friends in Copenhagen that are guys. Or actually, before my divorce, I did. Uh, we lost some friends in the divorce. You know how that goes. Um, so I was with this group of guys. I was married at the time. Baba and my husband at the time were in the countryside. And I had decided to take a few days in the city, which is quite far. And just, you know, like the transition between New York and going out to the countryside in Denmark is, whoa, it's extreme. Um you know, because you're going from like the middle of fucking Manhattan to you might see five people today, but you're definitely going to see like 
100 cows, maybe 100 horses, you know, definitely like, definitely 30 to 40 cats, you know, like, it's just, you'll see 100 hawks, you know, but people and interaction and the ability to go out there and consume is greatly hampered, which is amazing. It's good for me. So, because I know it's good for me, (laughs) and the opposite of what I like, um, I always like to take a few transitional days when I'm going over there to just be in Copenhagen and, you know, get a feel for the Danish city life and then transition into country life. So one of these times, I had actually prolonged my trip and gone from New York, Istanbul, Istanbul for like seven days and then... Copenhagen for a couple of days and then I would go out to the country and be with my family. Um, So while I'm in the city, you know, they're a really good group of guys and they're all friends of my ex-husband's and, you know, of course his wife is in town. Like, yeah, let's take her here. Let's take her there. Super decent. We went to this uh, German bar that serves absinthe. Fantastic. Uh, We went to eat here. We went to eat there. And then... Um, They have these Christiania bikes, you know, where you can sit in the front of the bike. There's like a little box in the front of the bike that's like a seat. And they had put pillows and stuff in there. It was like super princess style. So I'm just sitting in there and they're like biking me around. It was was really nice, actually. (laughs) Um, There was this one point where they had to bike up a hill to get us to the restaurant we were going to. Some like really cute Japanese restaurant. And so it was like... This Danish actor who's like super, super, super famous now, which is hilarious. Um, This fashion designer who's actually made it huge now as well, which is funny. Um, Hi, S. Um, And the guy, my friend, who's still my friend, um, that I was sitting in the bike. And the three of them were like pushing this one bike. Like they're on their own bikes. And then they have their hands on the handlebars of his bike and they're all basically biking me up this hill and it was fucking hilarious and the whole time they're like I don't know if Danes can spoil you any more than we do and I'm like you're right this is amazing (coughs) anyway great night uh we get back on the uh bikes I get back in the bike uh night's over we're about to like hit like one last place for like a you know super nightcap and we're just going down this empty street right it's Copenhagen but it's the middle of the night like it's pretty empty and I pulled an umber out of nowhere you know that's what my brothers call it I pulled a number out of nowhere just for no reason I was like yo stop and my friend who was riding the bike just keeps going and I'm like yo stop like don't go down this street and it was just like a random street um now can I tell you what happened I don't know, whatever happened the other day at that funeral when I just, like, knew, you know, that, like, so-and-so, like, Mr. Mr. would show up, like, um, I just, I just know, you know, I just get, like, this feeling in my gut, like, I'm reading this book right now, I'm listening to it, actually, an audiobook called Real Magic, and he talks about how when you look at a picture of a person from far away, their gut is registering electrical signals where they can feel that you're, like, putting energy on them and staring at them, even if it's just a photo. So if you have a really, um, not to be gross, but like if you have a really clean gut, right? And very, um, like if if your intestinal system and your digestive system is like super clear, 
um, and, and you don't have pains and you don't have irritation and you don't eat things that bother you, your gut can become a source of great intuition and intelligence because it's not exacerbated, right? So if it's not exacerbated every time you kind of like, and it's not like you physically feel your gut. It's just that once it's clear, then it becomes really easy. Like any little feeling you have, you're like, like not feeling like physical feeling, but like any hunch you get, you're like, wait a minute, you know, because you're just getting way, way more connected. So I had a hunch, you know, and I was like, yo, actually it was more than a hunch. I was like, I was solid in my opinion. I was like, yo, like, yes, but we're not going down this road. And he was like, come on, come on. It's fine. And you know, we were all like, they've been drinking. And I was like sitting in the bike, like smoking a joint as they're like biking. And the two other guys that were with like super fucking nice, decent guys. Right. And they're like, no, come on. Like Amber, what's wrong? Like, it's not a problem. And I was like, yo, you guys, like I'm, I don't go down this road. Like, I'm not kidding. Like you you guys aren't listening to it. And they're like, you're being so random. Like relax. It's like the easiest way home. And on instinct, I just took my coat. I, I like just doubled myself over in the little thing that I was sitting in. I took my coat and I put it over my head So it basically looked like the front of his bike where the storage area was, there was just like crumpled up stuff like pillows and a coat, but it definitely didn't look like there was a person in there. And they start hysterically laughing because they think this is the funniest shit. Like, what the fuck is she doing? Right. So. So we turned down the road that I didn't want them to turn down and on this completely fucking empty road right? Middle of the night, abandoned fucking empty road is a bunch of guys. Okay. It's a bunch of Arab guys. Now remember looking at me, they can't, they don't know I'm Pakistani. They don't know I grew up in New York. This is what happens every time I'm in Denmark. If an Arab guy sees me with a Danish guy, they'll come straight up to me. Like as if they fucking know me, they'll walk right up to you and be like in Danish, be like, aren't you fucking ashamed of yourself? What the fuck are you doing? And the second I'm like, excuse me, I don't understand what you're saying. They're like, oh, wait, where are you from? And if I'm like, I'm Pakistani, I'm from New York. They're like, oh, okay, sorry. No, forget Sorry, 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 sorry. And one time I asked a group of guys, I was like, well, what would you have done if he, if I wasn't? Uh, Pakistani, if I wasn't from New York, if I was Arab, if I grew up in Denmark and the, like the main guy that I was talking to looked me like right in my eyes and was like, it would be a problem. I was like, whoa, (laughs) is that right? And it, and it has been a problem before many times until I open my mouth and they hear my American accent and they're like, oh, 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 she's not even one of us. My bad, my bad. Sorry, dude. And the Danish guy's always like, yo, what? (laughs) Sorry. Like this is my country. (laughs) Why can't I hang out with a brown girl? What's wrong with you guys? But they like, they be looking to kill, bro. Um, Like murder. Like, yo, chill, bro. And then once they realize you're Pakistani, then they want to chill. Then they want to talk. They're like, oh, you cool, man. Where are you from? Oh, Harlem. Oh, I fuck with Harlem. And you're like, yo, dude, you look like you were going to take my life a second ago. Like, you want to talk about fucking Biggie now? (laughs) Men are funny. They expect you to just go with the mood change. Like, they be changing moods about, like, life and death and shit. And you'd be like, oh, okay, that's the mood we on now? Okay. Yeah, no, no. I forgot. I forgot, like, five seconds ago when you threatened me. Nah, Biggie's dope, though. Ten crack commandments, Holmes. You know, what the fuck? Anyway, so it's a bunch of... It was actually a gang. It was a gang of Arab guys, drunk. They had their shirts off. They were standing in the middle of the street because they were outside the pub that they frequent. 
So I look up, I peek up out from under my jacket just long enough to see that there is a gigantic fucking guy without his shirt on, covered in tattoos, standing in the middle of the street, and basically my my friend is riding the bike right into him. And I'm like, what the fuck is going to happen now? All of a sudden, so I duck my head under fucking bird box shit. I can't see shit. And I'm just like in this little thing. And first I hear, you know, I can understand Danish. Like, I just refuse to speak it. <clears throat> and it's not that I refuse to speak it. I just don't appreciate the level of ignorance that the Danes have for anyone who is speaking their language, attempting to speak their language, has an accent. Secret. I don't think they realize how disgustingly racist they can be about certain things um, and how it just like they do it about they, like it's the same as the French, right? The French don't realize sometimes how vile they are um, just because they're so nationalistic and they don't realize that patriotism is a virtue of the vicious. Like they don't get it. They're, they're, they're quite proud of their viciousness. And in the same way, the Danes can be too. And it's disappointing because they're such good people in so many ways. But when it comes to this strange nationalism, elitism, snobism, uh, whatever it is, it's just, it's such a, you know, you take a gorgeous palette full of the most gorgeous colors and the most gorgeous textures and the subtlety and the beauty of it all. And you just, you know, drop it in the shit. Like you drop it in pig shit and you're like, oops, it's still beautiful. And it's like, yeah, no, not really. (laughs) Y'all act like Nazis and you need to stop. (laughs) If this Syrian immigrant doesn't know how to speak your language properly, you need to grow up and realize that you were part of a coalition that destroyed his entire region. Right. You were directly responsible for this. So shut the fuck up and just teach him how to pronounce the word. Thank you. Thank you. And let's not forget that y'all are the color you are and speak the way you do. And your culture is the way it is because y'all have been hiding in caves for millions of years. Just wanted to put that out there. So while that Syrian immigrant that doesn't know how to pronounce whatever word with the letter with the line through it that makes it sound like you're going to throw up. That kid comes from a lineage of people who created the cradle of civilization. So, you know, just 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 throwing that out there. Stop being ignorant. It's ugly. It makes you look terrible. Like physically. Physically. Ignorance, envy, uh, racism. It shows on your face. That's called physiognomy. The Canterbury Tales are a very good representation. It's a very easy way to learn about physiognomy. If you did not read the Canterbury Tales in school, I suggest that you come to terms with the fact that your school didn't teach you enough and you need to read them (laughs) because you need to understand the subtlety of how physiognomy works. You know an envious person when you see them. You know an unhinged person when you see them because their face tells you. And I'm not talking about this. This is shit you can't take away with fillers. This is shit you can't take away with contouring. This is shit you can't even take away with plastic surgery, honey. The physiognomy runs deep. It's the way in which your eyes will start to crinkle. It's the way in which the mouth will start to turn upward or downward. It's the way in which the nose, which is always growing, will either elongate or shorten or, or perk up or sag. It's, the, it's everything because your face is a representation as Canterbury Tales so effectively delivers this message. Your face is a representation of your feelings. 
Your face is a representation of what is going on within the heart. That's why so many people are freaked out by the Kardashians because you can see in their face that there's nothing going on. The lights are on and nobody's fucking home. And you can tell that nobody's home. You can tell. And, and you know what? If I had a billion dollars, which inshallah I will one day, if I had a billion dollars right now, I, I would have sat the Grammys out instead of wearing that. Like not even a billion dollars can teach you how to dress or what you should be doing like or or like let you know when you look a mess because no. Anyway, many, many, many many distractions in this podcast (laughs) many digressions i had my favorite teacher god rest his soul he died in a drowning accident um he used to say he was my latin teacher and my literature teacher i loved him so much he used to say um but i digress he would go off topic for 45 minutes and be telling us the most wildly fascinating stuff of, you know, ancient Roman culture, stuff that maybe to the outsider would have seemed like it never tied in, but it was so informative and it made us love whatever we were learning. And he would spend 45 minutes talking about this thing that was never on the syllabus and never had to directly do with what we were talking about. And then he'd look at us with this beautiful smile and go, but I digress. And we'd just be like, we love you, Mr. Mulgrew. (laughs) You're the best. We would leave every class like just happy as a clam, you know, like really, really never underestimate the power of of a good teacher. I have been lucky to have incredibly good teachers. I've also been incredibly lucky to retain my teachers as my friends. Um, and, and, and they were my friends when I was like 15, not like now that I'm an adult, you know, I've just always been able to retain teachers as friends. I think because I was always collecting parents because my parents were just so busy all the time. Like they're definitely around very involved, but also not around. Right. Like the, the joke in high school was that I was just this like trust fund kid who was putting myself through school and pretending to be normal, like Bruce Wayne shit. Um, when really I, the, 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 the joke in high school or like the, the urban legend (laughs) was that I didn't have parents because nobody ever saw them for four years. The only time anyone ever saw my parents was the day I came to do my tour to see if I was going to go to school there. And the day I graduated. (laughs) So when my parents showed up for graduation, everyone in the school was like, whoa, like they wouldn't even come for the parent teacher conferences. Like, I think the first year the school really tried and was like, no, ma'am, but you need to come pick up your child's uh, report card. And my mom was like, what'd she do? She got A's, right? And they're like, yes, but we'd still like to talk to you. And they're like, no, 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 no. My mom was like, I don't need, look, she got A's, right? Can you please just send it with her? I'll sign it and send it back. What's the problem? Like, I have a job. I don't have time for this. (laughs) And like, they would get on me in school and be like, your mother has to come in. Your father has to come in. Your mother. And finally, I was like, yo, you want to talk to them? And, there, and I remember, I remember the student affairs woman being like, of course, I'll talk to them. Give me the number. I'll call her right now. Called the number. She talked to my mother for all of 20 seconds. She got off the phone. She was like, okay, we'll just be sending your stuff with you home from now on. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I dare you. I dare you to pursue this. <laughs> you think I'm bad. Where do you think I got it from? <laughs> you, you don't want to go to the mama source. Trust me. Because that woman don't argue. That woman just shut your whole shit down and walk away. <laughs> My mother's always just looking for an opportunity to say to somebody, don't put it past me. 
Like, she's exactly the woman that you don't want to put past, like, stuff past. Because you just immediately going to regret it. Like, oh, God, what did I do? <laughs> you know that second that Aries takes before, when they back up before they charge? You know that moment? <laughs> anyway, so uh, I have myself in this little thing in the in the bike fucking bird boxes shit and i can hear all these sounds right so he like drives up to him and then then i feel it stop so i peeked out long enough to see like these guys standing in the road this one gigantic fucking guy with his shirt off standing like right in front of where the bike was careening it looked like right into his fucking chest um and i'm just like oh god oh god oh god so the the very charming actor is like uh, hey you know in his like perfect like uh, i went to royal film school danish he's like hey guys you know uh, excuse me we'd like to get past and the arab guys are like fuck you <laughs> go on a different street motherfuckers like fuck you you know there's there's um this story um illustrates a very interesting problem actually in denmark where they had all these guest workers come in in the 50s and 60s who were Arab and Pakistani. And then, because they didn't have the workforce. They didn't have enough people. They didn't have enough manpower to develop the way they needed to develop to become the economic power that they are. And so they invited people, okay? They invited people to come and live there and work there. I think they thought that these people would just go back to wherever they came from. But that is so naive and also just not realistic and also if that's what you wanted maybe help and keep keeping the area that they're from safe from colonial predation but no anyway so after decades and decades of doing the work that literally the danes did not want to do um they decided that that was enough you know the country's on its feet everything's good and maybe now all the brown people should go home well uh, no, that's not how that works. You had generations of kids who happened to have brown skin who were born and raised in Denmark and then had their kids who were born and raised in Denmark. And these are people who have three generations now of Danish passports. So when you say to those people, go home, they look at you and go, I built this country. You go home. Right. So that's what and it's it's it becomes quite a disgusting problem very, very quickly because, you know, um, I've noticed that the West likes to hit low and they hit low at the beginning of a fight. And so it goes from, well, no, we helped build this country. We have a right to be here, whereas Danish as you are to no, 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 don't even call yourself Danes. You're not Danes. You just live here. You're Arabs. And um, we don't really want you here. And you're Muslim and we don't like your religion. And that's basically what it always It's like the lowest. It's always the lowest hit. Right. Your religion makes you backwards or we think you're backwards or we think you're not. And it's. um, Yeah. So it's so it's caused a lot of ugliness and a lot of fear and anxiety in Danish culture because it's just fucked up. The entire premise is fucked up. Like, if you're going to ask people from a completely different culture, from a completely different part of the world, who have a completely different way of living their life, to come and work in your country, you need to get on that Netherlands, uh, 
system where you integrate them, where you actually go out of your way to create laws to integrate the society. In Netherlands, you can see Arab kids and black kids and white kids and girls and guys and all hanging out together. And after a while, you start to wonder why there's so much inclusion. And you realize you talk to one or two people and within one or two conversations, the Dutch will tell you, oh yeah, our laws are set up in a way that 30 to 40% of the workforce has to be of color. They have to be Muslims. They have to be immigrants. They have to be. And so these children who are still living in an economy that's healthy, so they get to have high school jobs and college jobs. They don't have adults trying to get these kind of jobs to pay their bills, right? So there's still a workforce. There's still an opportunity for children to just make some money, get some experience, um, they work very closely with people of color, with Muslims, with women, blah, blah, blah. And so by the time they're in their mid-20s, these are people who've had long-term relationships, especially work relationships, with people of other colors, and they absolutely understand that there's no difference between them and anybody else. The Danes have done no such thing. Nothing. I actually had somebody propose that my son should have his name changed. Listen to this. That my son should have his name changed to make it easier for him to get a job in Denmark. Can you imagine what my response to this was? First of all, you know he has a Muslim name, right? Can you imagine what my response was? I was like, okay. (laughs) First of all, fuck you. Like, fuck everything that you stand for. Like, right? Like, first of all, you're a fucking Nazi, right? Second of all, are you asking my son to pass as white? Like, do you even realize? And this is like a bitch in her 30s. Like, do you even realize what century? Like, like, just look past of like what I actually want to do to you right now. Just, do you realize what the fuck you're saying? Right? And then, And then when I told my son, my son was like, um, what kind of job is she talking about? I was like, <laughs> like he's already being raised, mashallah, with like an entrepreneurial spirit. He's like, job? I was like, no, you're going to have your own thing. He's like, well, yeah. He's like, yeah. <laughs> like, put your name up in lights, honey. <laughs> Fuck changing your name. Like that's the, that's the level of ignorance that is being bred over there. Where like people legit who are like 31, 32 think it's like totally socially acceptable to say out loud, out they mouth, uh, maybe you should change your name so people can't tell where you're from so you'll have an easier time getting jobs. But what she said reflects the society there, which is that people with certain names won't even get called in for the interview. It's disgusting, bro. It's disgusting. Anyway. So um, this was all playing out on the road that night. (laughs) Um, So they were like, yo, fuck you. Find another way around. And the guy that I was sitting in, you know, the guy who was riding the bike that I was sitting in was like, you know, he's the real pacifist, real philosophical one. He was like, no, come on, guys. Like, you know, we we just want to get by. Like, hey, man, like no need to be aggressive. Oh, boy. Then I felt the guy put his hands on the thing that I was sitting in. He grabbed it and he picked it up off the ground with me in it. 
okay? And he like shouted something and he slammed it back down on the street and he said, what's in there? And I was like, oh God, (laughs) we about to die. Like all of us, what? And then I heard them go, okay, okay. And then I felt the bike start to back up. I felt the bike start to back up real fast. And then I hear all of the Arab guys start yelling, what's in there? Do you have a girl in there? And I just, I don't know why I did it. I shouldn't have done it, but of course I did. I just peeked out for a second and the guy went, do you have a Muslim girl in there? And there's these three white guys now who are literally, honey, biking for their life. Like, and I kept saying, as soon as they like turned the bikes around and started fucking hauling ass, I kept saying, I fucking told you, I fucking told you, I fucking told you. And they're like, how are we supposed to know? And I'm like, because I told you. That's how you're supposed to know. Because I fucking told you. Anyway, I don't even know how we got on trusting the gut. Excuse me for that long, but I digress. Oh, let's keep the Mr. Mulgrew tradition alive. But I digress. Um, Let's see. Drink something, right? Drink something. I have some coffee here. I'd like to drink. So... I find it really, really, really bothersome when people pretend that they're not capable. Mm. This happened to me the other day. Someone I know just kept acting like she needed me. But she don't need me for shit, right? But she needed me for, like, emotional health. She needed me to just feel better. She needed me to like be like, hey, I still like you or hey, we're still friends or hey, it's all cool. It's all good. And the more she kept doing it, the more I was just like, I can't fucking do this. This is fucking draining. Like, I don't like when people pretend to be needy. And and you know what? The Valentine's Day shit. I'm sorry to be harsh, but it's the same fucking shit. Oh, somebody tell me why it's okay that I'm by myself today. Are you fucking kidding me? You want somebody to convince you that it's healthy to be alone? Are we still there in 2019 that you still need somebody to validate for you that life does not begin or end because someone wants to put some part of their genitals inside some part of your genitals or vice versa? That's that's what you needed like help with? No, I can't do that. That's stupid. No, that has nothing to do with fucking Valentine's Day. You're going to need that fucking validation every day if that's the type of validation you need. You're going to need that every day to be like, oh, it's okay that I'm not alone. Yeah, it's always okay that you're not fucking that you're alone. It's always okay, even on February 14th. Guess what? Even on the 15th, even on the 16th, it's always going to be okay. I don't like setting precedents where people can be needy. And then the next time they get needy that way, they come looking for you because they're like, oh, you set the precedent, bitch. You, you know, you basically said that I could roll this way when I'm needy. And that's exactly what I saw happening in that situation with the girl where I was just like, this is needy as fuck. Like, this is real fucking needy. And like, the more people do it, the more my skin just starts to crawl to the point where I physically can't be around people who are needy. 
I physically cannot listen. And I don't mean that you can't have problems. Listen, you could be a fucking mess. You could be crying your eyes out a fucking mess over whatever. And I will be there. I will be there. I will talk to you. I will help you. No fucking problems. I'll fucking dissect your problems with you. It's all good. But the second you start thinking that your health, your happiness, your anything is something that I can give you. It's something that you can only, that's a space you can only exist in with or without my approval or my attention. Get the fuck away from me, you fucking parasite. No, that's exactly, that's exactly like the Valentine's Day thing. If you think you need a man or a woman on that day to affirm that you're attractive, that you're sexy, that you're smart, that you're a viable partner, you're fucking needy. Stop being a fucking leech because that means that you don't even really want to be in a relationship. That means that that person that you're looking forward to that would quote unquote complete you. Anyone who thinks that a person completes them is a fucking parasite. You know, I love Tom Cruise. (laughs) I am Tom Cruise, you know, but that whole you complete me nonsense. That's fucking parasitic, man. That's like some leech shit. What do you mean? I complete you. I don't even know you. Like literally, even if we've been in love for a decade, you're like 30 something. I've only known you for a decade. There's like these two whole other decades where I didn't even know you. Were you just walking around empty until you met me now that I complete you? Oh, yes, you were walking around empty. You were walking around empty for two decades and you didn't do anything about it? Really? Why? (laughs) And what happens if like I'm not feeling you anymore? What happens like tomorrow, you know, like if I go to like the John Wick 3 premiere, what happens then? Are you going to die because I'm not completing you anymore because you're only a half? I'm talking about friends. I'm talking about family. I'm talking about boys. I'm talking about girls. I'm talking about everybody. Anyone who acts like they fucking need you. Ew. Can you stop? Like, unless the person birthed you or is in the position of the person who birthed you or you birthed them or they're like an animal that you feel like you gave birth to, like, everybody chill the fuck out. If you're not a baby or a pet or a parent, shut the fuck up. You're not allowed to be needy with people. No, seriously, we do it way too often in our society. And I mean like our global society. And it's fucking gross to me. Like, get like jump off my dick, please. I have a whole life to live. I have a lot of shit going on. I don't need you with your like weak ass energy, can't make it through your own fucking days to be fucking hitting me up talking about. And anything you text me, anything you say to me is just another way of saying affirm me. Why? Why? Oh, I want hearts and flowers and this and this. Affirm me. For what? Do you understand how much power you give people when you ask for their affirmation? When you ask for their approval? Do you understand how much of your personal power you literally carve out of your auric field and put over into theirs? Gross. I'm sorry. I'm not doing that shit. And, and, and you know what? And I'm on the receiving end. I'm on the receiving end of all this fucking parasitic energy. People trying. And I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about like friends, actual people that I know that I deal with like on a daily basis. I'm not talking about you guys. Again, looking for support, looking for advice, looking for help. This is natural, man. We're humans. We need that from each other. But the second you cross that line and start thinking that you can do for yourself, Do you understand how unattractive your energy becomes to everybody around you? And I'm not saying you can't be weak. I'm not saying you can't be vulnerable. I'm not saying you can't say I need help. But the second you decide that you can't do it for yourself, even help. Help is something personal. A person seeks help when they're ready. 
But seeking help is not going to another person and saying, validate my existence. That is not seeking help, honey. That's seeking the problem. That's getting more sick. You understand? That's part of the reason I don't play into it. Whenever people act needy with me, I'm like, oh, we're not dancing to this song. (laughs) I know you like to dance, but I'm not dancing with you to this. Like, you want to give me all this throwaway energy that you think you don't need, but you need that shit. You should be pursuing your life, honey, with that energy that you're just so willing to throw at my feet. And for what? So I could pat you on the head and be like, yeah, I still like you, or y'all were still friends, or yeah, chill out, or yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me let me do a blanket one time. I will give into your neediness. Yeah, I still like you. Yeah, we're still friends, but you but you need to chill. Like, my life is my life. My life cannot become your life. People do this with me all the time where they try to, like, integrate their life with mine. Yo, you cannot. You cannot. I don't know if you've noticed, but Cancer Rising, my shell, like, it does not let you in. My life is my life. You can be my friend. You can be my business partner. You can be my lover. You can be any of those things. But you do not get a seat at my internal table and you do not get a say in how my energy is spent ever ever maybe before I had a kid you know I was giving to everyone before I had a kid but as soon as I had a kid I was like oh no this is directed specifically at one person I got it and since then and and you know what my son is the least needy person I know this because because I raised him good lord neediness is embarrassing it really is. It's cringy. It's cringy between friends, between lovers, between siblings, between parents and child. Like when Cynthia was going on and on and then Noel was laying in the bed eating the chips because she had to go to college and she didn't want her to leave. I was disgusted. That's how you raise that child to be that fucking needy like that. How's she going to act with a man or a woman the first time she likes somebody? Are you kidding me? My child broke up with his first girlfriend and was like, listen, I've noticed that you and your friends who are dating my friends all have this same tactic where when you want attention, you like to make drama out of nothing and act like you're upset or you're mad even though nothing happened because you think that's the way to get my attention. And I see how your friends are making it work with my friends by doing that. And I see that my friends are falling for it. The problem is I'm not going to fall for it. And my parents don't treat me like that. Nobody speaks to me the way you think you can speak to me when you manufacture drama. Because I know nothing's wrong. I know you're only doing it to get my attention. But I also know that it's not fun for me. And I think you should find someone who wants to give you attention when you make up drama. So for those reasons, I don't think we should hang out anymore. But we should definitely be friends. When he told me that, I was like, Baba, did she cry? Do you know what he said? He said, yes, mommy. But I think she was crying more for herself. What the fuck? Bitch, you crying for yourself. Bitch, you crying for yourself. You crying for your life, bitch. Because you know what, bitch? He read you your life in a way that probably no fucking grown man is ever going to be able to read you. Bitch, he read me with it. Bitch, he read me. When he said that, I was like, ooh, ooh, bloop, bloop. There were things in his little read that he gave me that I was like, oh, damn. Oh, ouch. Oh, damn. <laughs> I'd be doing that. Oh, damn. I mean, not to him, but to men, you know? So like that little thing that he did there, it taught me something where I was like, okay, noted. Talk about not wanting, you know, the needy. 
He's even past me with the not wanting the needy. He was like, nah, you just, you, you, you bugging. Basically, you bugging and you want attention because you think bugging out is a way to get attention. And I'm telling you, you're lame. Um, fantastic. But that's it. You know, ultimately, that's what it is. You, you have to realize that your energy is extremely precious. And when you want someone to validate you, when you want a holiday to validate you, when you want a significant other to validate you, when you want just the presence of a warm body in your bed to validate you, when you want somebody to text you back, when you want somebody to, when you put those needy feelers out there, you use those needy code words, you want someone to come and smother you with that attention. And I'm telling you, it's fucking gross and the reason it's fucking gross is because it takes away your personal power i'm gonna tell you straight anything that lessens your power and makes you weak i think it's gross i'm just built that way south node in aries conjunct mars i don't like weak any kind of weak any kind of weak and i'm completely turned off like i don't no 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 why are you doing that Why are you doing that? Why are you wondering if this completely arbitrary bullshit fucking day makes you a viable partner, attractive, pretty, popular, whatever your hang up is? Why have you decided that this fucking day is going to somehow define your attractive, you know, your attraction quotient? Or your level of belief in yourself, your level of love for yourself? Because what exactly I know we're too woke for this. I can't I can't waste it. I can't waste time on it. That's why I had to delete all those podcasts. Cause I was like, this is a waste of time. Why am I telling these bitches something they should already fucking know? This is such a fucking waste of time. Yeah, Valentine's Day is fucking bullshit. Of course Valentine's Day is fucking bullshit. Like, come on. No, but let's get to more important stuff. So aside from the neediness, right? Aside from that, because that because that's like the larger conversation here, right? Aside from this like weirdo neediness. And and people do this also with people that they think have more power than them. You know, oh, being friends with this person completes me. Uh, being uh, in business with this person is what I've been looking for. But no, no, you complete you. You're what you've been looking for. If you on your own is not enough, taking spice or attention or coercing attention from someone else is not going to fulfill your life it's not and i don't mean just with a friend or just me or whatever like people guys girls do this to guys all the time and then you wonder why that guy thinks you're weak as fuck because every time he turns around you're begging for his attention bro do you know how fucking unattracted that is like, you know, all these memes and all the shit on Instagram is always talking about when you got to leave, how your girl acts. When Man, when you got to leave, you know how your girl should act? Bye. I'll see you later. Oh, well, I don't know when I'm going to come back. OK, I know you're coming back. But I don't know if I'm going to be here. So you better call. Bye. Are you kidding? The guy would come back three hours later. It's talking about I got you food. What are you up to? I'm up to what I and, and if you're smart, what you should do is be like, I'm up to the shit that I said I was going to do when you left and you've been here for a couple of days. So you really need to go home. Thank you for the food. Bye. Bye. Tell me he doesn't want to marry you in a month. Leave that motherfucker alone. You got to learn how to leave people alone. And you got to learn how to leave yourself alone, too. 
Like, I was just talking to somebody yesterday who was like, oh, I've been telling myself all the time in my head, I'm like this, I'm a piece of shit, I'm this, nobody likes you, look how that person's looking at you, these people must say, and I was like, what? You let somebody talk to you like that? And she said, no, I don't let somebody talk to me like that, it's me. And I was like, right, you let somebody talk to you like that? Yo, like, I've, I've got too much of an anger issue for that. Somebody talked to me like that, you getting punched in the face. What'd you say about me? <laughs> you said I'm what? Bitch, come here. <laughs> Let me fix your face for you before you say some shit about me again. What the fuck did you say about me? No, but you don't understand. And she kept going. She was like, no, but you don't understand. It's me that's saying that to me. I was like, yeah, I get it. No, I heard you. <laughs> but like, I'm getting, she's like, why are you getting mad? I'm like, get it. I'm getting mad because somebody's talking to you like that. And you're letting them talk to you like that. Like, where's your pride? Somebody talks to you like that. Why isn't your first response? Shut the fuck up. How the fuck are you going to tell me what the fuck I am or not am? Or how that person's looking at me. And I gave her the example. I was like, oh, what do you think that person was looking at you? And she was like, oh, I, was, I thought that person was looking at me like, oh, you know, this, this girl. Like, she totally, like, you know, like, they were, like, the girl was being, like, a mean girl to her. And I was like, okay. And I was like, and then? And she was like, well, then, like, you know, it hurt my feelings. And I was like, okay. It didn't make you mad? And she's like, no, I mean, like, mad. Like, what do you mean? And I'm like, because... Like, somebody's looking at you funny. Like, as a New Yorker, like, this is not my problem. This is your fucking problem. What the fuck are you looking at? If you thinking something, that's your fucking problem. Until you come and open your mouth and tell me what the fuck you thinking, that's still your fucking problem. And as soon as you open your fucking mouth and try to fix your mouth to say something to me, it's still going to be your fucking problem because I'm going to punch you in your mouth. <laughs> like, New Yorkers don't have these kind of problems. <laughs> We were surrounded by too many people to be wondering what people think of us. We got to see your, a million fucking faces just to go get a cup of coffee. The last thing I have time to do is wonder about what the fuck you think of me. And by the way, if you taking time to think of me at all, get your life. Shut the fuck up. Keep your eyes to yourself and get your fucking life because you need to learn how to mind your fucking business, which is what I told her. I was like, when you think people are thinking these things of you, just realize how much of a loser that person actually would be if they were actually doing that. And taking time out of their day to think about you at all. They don't know you. They shouldn't be thinking about you at all. If they're going out of their way to think about a complete stranger or to judge a complete stranger, that person is shitty. Who cares what shitty people think? Honestly, <laughs> who gives a fuck? So this approval validation thing it's a maze and the maze brings you right back to yourself every fucking time there's no way out of it if you are hurting from lack of a relationship lack of a partner lack of attention lack of approval i'm here to tell you you are lacking nothing except your own fucking time and attention you are ignoring yourself honey you are ignoring yourself on a level that is so painful and so obvious that your psyche is out there looking for anything and everything to soothe the neglect. You are neglecting yourself. If you spent yesterday being sad that you don't have X, Y, and D that goes... X, Y, and D. X, Y, and Z that goes along with this fucking stupid made-up shit, which I like to call Halloween, the pink Halloween, because everybody's still wearing masks, except they're not good masks, right? Everybody's still full of shit. Um, if, you, if you feel in any way less than because you didn't get to participate in this completely fabricated bullshit, then really all that is is a cry for help from your inner self that's saying, hey, you're ignoring me. You're neglecting me. 
that perfect partner, that perfect guy or that perfect girl that would have taken you to the MoMA yesterday? Why the fuck haven't you gone to the MoMA, dog? That's my question. Why are you waiting for some chump who probably would take you as a gimmick and hasn't been to the MoMA himself in 20 years and doesn't know anything about art? How are you going to let him take you there and fucking flex on you like that motherfucker knows some shit? Why haven't you been to the MoMA like every other week and already know everything that's in there? So the first time some idiot is like, you want to go to the museum on a date? You could be like, yes, I'll take you to my favorite wing. Come, let's go. Like, what are you doing? Like, I don't mean to be that friend in your life that's like getting in your face. But like, what the fuck are you doing exactly? Like, I would like to know. If you spent yesterday being sad, what the fuck are you doing? Like, do you think this is a game or that life just lasts forever? You think you have unlimited fucking time to just fucking waste and be sad about stupid shit? Because you don't. If you sad about a friend, a person, this anyone, anyone who's not giving you approval, what exactly are you doing? This precious, more valuable than anything in the fucking cosmos, in the universe, life energy that's living inside you, sitting inside you. What'd you do with it yesterday? Did you spend that precious source that everything in the universe wants? Did you spend it criticizing yourself, being sad, hating the way you look? Hating what's in your closet, hating what's in your bank account, what'd you do? Because if you did any of those fucking things, you feel that way because you are neglecting yourself. Not because some other person isn't providing for you or isn't coming through for you or just can't give you what you need. Oh, I love a bitch who says, well, he just can't give me what I need. Are you giving yourself what you need? (laughs) Because if you were giving yourself what you needed, you wouldn't want to be fucking with a dude who wasn't giving you what you needed. It wouldn't even be a question. The only thing he's not giving you is the thing you're not giving you. That motherfucker is a fractal representation. How long are we going to keep doing this? Like, you can't get mad at the fractal reflections that come back to you of your own fucking thoughts. If you spent yesterday beating the shit out of yourself mentally for not being enough this or enough that or have this or have that, right? If If you spent time yesterday doing that to yourself, I mean... Like, just think about it. Where, where is your level of care for yourself? Because all the person that's going to come in is going to reflect is however much you love or don't love yourself. That's all that you ever get. You never get somebody who loves you more than you love you. They don't even know how you set the settings for them. Just like you got psychocybernetic settings, anyone that you meet develops cybernetic settings for you. And guess who sets the settings, bitch? You do. When they first meet you, they don't know what you're like. They don't know what's okay and what's not okay. You teach them. And once those settings are set and they know you, they're going to behave accordingly. That's just what it is, right? People often ask me, oh, uh, you never get into like shouting matches or screaming matches with any of your like exit, except that piece of shit Virgo? No, never. My husbands didn't have the fucking guts to raise their voice to me. Are you trying to die? Are you fucking kidding me? Yo, my ex-husband raised his voice to me once. I left him. You fucking kidding me? Don't you fucking fix your face to speak to me like this or that? Yo, are you seriously trying to die? Like, you better make your arrangements. You better call your family. Or you need to get the fuck out this house. That's, yo, and the second he did it, he knew it. Because his cybernetic settings went like alarm bell off. Like, oh, you fucked up. She about to kick you the fuck out. Yes, sir. 
So anyone that you're meeting, if you're displaying any sort of neediness or I need you to make me feel pretty or do you think I look nice? Do you think I look skinny? Do you think I look thick? Do you think I look young? Do I do you think do you like the no? I actually you know what? I don't give a fuck what you think. I'm hot, right? You check me out. Most of the time, person doesn't even notice. They're like, you ready? Can we go eat? Are you done doing whatever the fuck you needed to do to yourself? Can we go? Yes. Like, are you kidding? Keep the fucking drama and the magic alive, people. Stop, like, even in the friendships. I hate when my friends do this to me, man. And it's because the magic. Like, we have a magical thing going on. Go be your own fucking person. I'm being my own fucking person. Like, just, just let's be magic. But the second you're like, I need you. Why didn't you get back to me? What happened? I thought, oh, my God, my fucking skin is crawling. You'll get your life. What happened? What happened is I was living my life. Were you living yours? Because I think what you tried to do for a second is you tried to jump in my boat. But the thing is, this boat, I know from afar, it looks like a yacht. And I know it looks like there's lots of fucking room on here, but there is no room. This yacht is full to capacity with my personalities, honey. There's no room on here. You And whatever you swimming in alongside, be it a dinghy, a yacht, a bigger yacht, a fucking aircraft carrier, that's yours. Enjoy it. Go for it. But don't pretend to swim up in a dinghy, you know, just to get on the yacht. That, that's what you're doing. You're pretending to drown and be like, help me, help me. Bitch, you got your own boat right there. Help you with what? But I'm drowning. No, you're not. You're pretending to drown. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like anyone who pretends that they can't do something. I can't do it. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you fucking can. Do it. How about I watch you do it? <laughs> Make you extra nervous. How about now I'm going to watch you do it? Like, shut the fuck up. So in the same way, like, if you feel sorry for yourself and this is all rubbing you a little too harsh, I'm glad because somebody needs to fucking wake you up. Like, enough with this shit. Exactly. What are you feeling bad about? That some random person that you don't really even know that you don't even know is worthy or not didn't or did give you some amount of affection or attention on a made up day that you really didn't fucking need. And you should be fucking looking at the rest of 2019, like how I'm gonna smash the rest of these goals because it's a month and a half in already. Why is that not where your focus is? We got a whole fucking year in front of us that we trying to fucking smash and kill and get everything we want out of so 2020 can be the fucking portal opening that we want and need it to be and you fucking worrying about some fucking douchebag, guy, girl, whatever, who did or did not do whatever? Are you fucking kidding me? Like what? Like what? What about your goals? What about your life? What about your kids? What about your bank account? What about the fucking lifestyle that you want for yourself? Like, what happened to all that? You see what I'm saying? Like, it's not, it's not I'm, not, I'm not trying to just be harsh for no reason. It's just, like, focus, bro. Like, fucking focus. And stop putting your power in other people's hands. That's what it comes down to. Whether it's a holiday, the government, whatever it is, like stop putting your power. A friend that you really want to like you or whatever, stop putting your power in other people's hands. Every time you take your power out of your own hands, you make yourself powerless. You know how people treat people who are powerless? Like shit. <laughs> you, can't, you can't give your power away and then be like, I'm weak, help me. Well, you gave it away, go get it. 
It's sitting right there next to you. Ain't nobody take it from you. Don't just take it out of yourself and put it to the side and be like, look, I have nothing. You have to fill me up. You have to help me. You have to affirm me. Where are my flowers? Where is my love? Where's my bitch right where you left it? Right the fuck sitting next to you. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Oh, it's not the Valentine's Day podcast you needed, honey. But it's the one you deserve. (laughs) I'm sorry. I know it's a little harsh. Early in the morning, I'm hella harsh. It's just my way. Um, But it was necessary. Yeah, we'll do the second part. I'm going to do the second part right now because I got mad shit to talk about. Yo, these bitches are mad scandalous. The shit that's been going on out here, I cannot. I'll be back in a second. All right, so we're back. If you got something to smoke, smoke it. I'm sorry if I was yelling at you. Yo, I'm really harsh in the mornings. But I have like 30 million things I have to do today. And I like to start in order of importance. So usually, the first thing I do in the morning, before I do anything else, right when my eyes open, is I say a prayer. And I'll share it with you, just because, (laughs) obviously, we're friends now. Um, It's very simple. I thank God for my parents, my brothers, their significant others, their children, my child, you guys, my friends, my life, and uh, for all the gifts that I've been given with which to hopefully aid in the vibrational change of this place. Simple. I'm hesitating while I speak because my internal praying dialogue is not in English. So I'm translating. So there's that. After that, the first thing I do every morning uh, is uh, work out, dance for an hour. So in order of importance, you guys got to be the first thing I did today instead of working out. And so you got the full adrenaline-fueled, get-your-fucking-life-I-need-to-say-what's-on-my-mind rant earlier. And now we can talk about some... I guess it's housekeeping, it's administrative stuff, it's a little junk foodie. It's it's a mixed bag. Let's do our mixy bag. There's a couple of things going on. Um, I appreciate the amount of people that have reached out and pointed out snippets from other channels, other podcasts, where people are just, let's be very frank, are in violation of copyright laws, right? Where they're just completely plagiarizing my stuff. I appreciate you guys sending it. I also appreciate the tone with which you are sending it. You know, there's this tone like, I know you don't want to see this. I know you don't care. I know this is completely beneath us, but look what this bitch is doing. I appreciate it. I love the tone. I think you guys are wonderful. Um, Yeah, I see it. Of course I see it. I've been peeping it all along. Like it just, it's a tried and true business model at this point to leech off of what can only be described at this point as an enviable intelligence. 
I don't see why else anyone would try so hard or go so far away from what is authentically them to mimic anything that I do. It must just be out of just sheer awe of how smart I am. I can't think of what else it could be, actually. And I'm not even trying to be cocky. Like, when people copy something about you, then that's the thing that you know is enviable about you, right? Because why would anyone go out of their way to not be themselves and act like you in a certain respect, any respect, unless that thing they thought was somehow superior to them, right? Right? I mean, it just makes sense, right? People don't get work done to look worse. They get work done to look better, right? When people change generally by choice, they're doing things to make themselves better. If someone feels like mimicking me is better than being them, that's quite a fucking compliment, bro. Like, you authentically being you isn't as fun as you pretending to be me. Now imagine what it's like to actually be me. (laughs) Yo, not even in your wildest dreams, son. Yo, you can't, yo, do you understand how much I don't fucking say in these podcasts? Actually, if you've been to the satsangs, then you know, because I'd be like saying a little bit more. Um, But like my life is wild, bro. Like you trying to copy the fucking 1% of my life that you see online and even that's got your mind blown and like changing your whole personality and got you changing your fucking channel, changing your podcast, changing your whole shit. Like, off of the 1% I'm showing you. Now, can you imagine? And and my recreated pretend life that you are living is so dope and fun. Can you imagine what it's actually like to be me? <laughs> Yo, you can't imagine, bruh. <laughs> it's crazy over here. <laughs> like, my own friends will come over here and be like, what the fuck was just going on in here? I'm like, none of your business. And they're like, who was here? And I'm like, I'm not telling you. <laughs> like, I'm not telling you shit. <laughs> my private life is uh, so private. Like, I know that you guys are like, oh my God, but you be saying this and you be saying, you be saying a lot. Listen, I <laughs> am Bruce Wayne. <laughs> no, I'm Tom Cruise. I'm Tom Cruise. I decided this in Jamaica. I decided in Jamaica that I was Tom Cruise because we were watching Eyes Wide Shut, me and Redley, and we were doing our like, you know, we're on shrooms. So, okay, so we go right that night. If you guys are like, what happened the night you were wearing the Burberry and all of a sudden you were there and you look great and then you were fucking gone. Okay, so what happened is I'll just like quickly recap. It'll be like Valentine's Day fun recap story. (coughs) Excuse me, please drink something like water, not coffee while I drink my cappuccino. (laughs) so oh wait do we have anything more to say about the the small ones um so if you happen to fit the description of like a south asian or trying to be south asian or pretending to be south asian or passing for south or whatever you're like marketing yourself as these days um but really your entire like gag consists of pretending to be me really go for it 
Like, no, really. Like, go for it. Because I can see all of this, like, not even a year from now, in, like, the most scandalous documentary. Like, y'all are making me famous. Why do you keep copying me? It's like, it brings me so much attention because all you do is produce this horribly mediocre product, which, which sends people searching. And once people go searching and they run into me, they're like, oh, shit. Yo, this is hype. And then that's it. Like, why are you giving me free advertising? You're driving traffic to me with this fucking Silence of the Lamb shit. <laughs> like, all you Buffalo Bill bitches out there, this is for you. For the Buffalo Bill that puts the lotion in the basket bitches, y'all are unhinged as fuck. If I make a podcast about how to deal with somebody ghosting you and the next day you put up a video about how to deal with people ghosting you and you're saying like you're pretending to understand what I'm saying but like you're just like showing your mental illness for all to see like at this point I think I even I can be, you know citizen's diagnosis you know how there's a citizen's arrest this is a citizen's diagnosis bitch like it's enough like, if you're, like, doing crazy things, like, psychotic things, like, chopping your hair off, like, all kinds of, like, weird psycho things, and you're still, like, jabbing at me and pretending to be me all the time to the point where now you're just, like, taking original content and moving it over, or if you have a podcast where you're completely trying to do the same thing as me, but you're scheming the same time, but you're sending me great, nice little notes and messages, but sending other people notes and messages about how you want to destroy me and use things against me and... Oh, all you Buffalo Bill bitches, what can I tell you? You have become my silent marketing team. I don't know if you guys get this about me. You have to read up on your astrology if you're going to work in this field. You have to understand that Jupiter in the 12th house. You have to understand what it means. Like just on a technical level, I'm embarrassed. Like it's not bini pata. Thoda se to koi parlo, koi cheez jaan lo. Like what's wrong with you? Honestly, like this thing you hear in my voice is disgust. If you know that someone has Jupiter in the 12th house, as an astrologer, leave them alone. Even in, like, especially as an astrologer, like laymen, lay people, civilians, as my mom likes to call them, if they don't know, like you tell someone Jupiter in the 12th house and then the person tries to fuck with them, you know, as an astrologer, you're the one, you're the one who's supposed to be sitting back chuckling going, you should have never tried that. You don't know what that means? Jupiter in the 12th house means that you have the largest, strongest, most benefic, the greater benefic energy at your back. It literally is behind you. It stands at your back and protects you all the time. So Jupiter in the 12th, what it means, since you all want to go to school, let me school you a little so, since you all need the education, what it means is it is it is beautifully <clears throat> illustrated by the verse from the Bible of God taking what is meant for your harm and turning it into a vehicle for your good. God takes what is meant uh, to 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 wound you and turns it into something that heals you and promotes you. This is basic basic Christianity. That's Jupiter in the twelfth house. Any single thing that is in any way malicious, that you direct towards me in any way becomes an agent of good and promotion for me. There is nothing but win-win for Jupiter in the 12th. It is win-win all the time forever. Mashallah. 
You as people who claim to dabble in astrology and all this stuff, this is basic stuff, no? You should know this. I'm embarrassed for you that you would like even try. But you know, I'm glad you're doing it because like I said, any energy you throw at me becomes positive for me. So keep doing it. And like you guys, like fam, don't get upset. Like at this point, isn't it just like citizen's diagnosis? Like honestly, can't anyone just look at that bitch and see that she is really, really, really unhinged? Like she's dangerous. Like I'll tell you right now, I will go on public record as saying that that bitch is so dangerous that if I ever saw her like near me, at a satsang, outside my building, anything, if I ever saw her anywhere near me, I would assume that she was trying to kill me. And I would have to, like, defend myself. I would pepper spray that bitch from a block away, is what I'm trying to say. Like, don't play with me. Like, that bitch is unhinged. That bitch is dangerous, bro. And it's, like, on YouTube for, like, the world to see. Oh, whoa. (laughs) Yo, this new world is crazy. I love it, though. I'm all about it because I have Uranus and Scorpio. So Uranus is like how unique you are and how like weird you are. And Uranus and Scorpio is about as unique and weird as it gets. So like, I love it. I love all the new shit. And Uranus is also technology. So when technology is used in these like really weird, cringy ways, you know, like showing your psychosis to the world, like it's kind of interesting to me. I feel like a sick fascination with it. Like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. But like, it doesn't scare me. Again, like that's the other thing. You're dealing with someone who's had Jupiter in the 12th from the moment they were born, right? So it's like, it was happening while I was born. Like, I, I don't know how to be afraid of things. Whenever someone's like, oh, you weren't scared before you did that? And I'm like, I'm not really sure if I understand the question. They're like, well, do you get apprehensive about stuff? What stuff I want to do or not do? Like stuff you want to do? Well, no, I want to do it. I can't wait to do it. Like, when do you get nervous about stuff? I don't. Like people are like, how much time do you need to prep for the satsang thing? I don't. The only time I get nervous ever, the only time I get nervous. You already know, though. You already know. Don't make me say it. What? Because he's scary. With the eyes and the jaw and stuff. I don't know. There's something about the eyebrows and the jaw. (laughs) It's scary. It makes me very nervous. Like my heart's beating faster now. Stop it. Oh my God. Fam, I got us... Change subject quickly. Um, I got us... The little, thank you, whoever it was that tagged me to the midi sprout. Um, I totally got it for us. So now we can listen to the music of the spheres. No, now we can listen to the music of, oh, now the plants are moving. Did you hear me saying that? So I got the thing that we can hook up to the leaves and listen to, excuse, listen to the plants making music. And I'm going to take it with me to Denmark, too, so we can go to different plants and different flowers everywhere, all over, and listen to the music of the different plants and the different flowers, like, out in the nature nature, not just house plants. You understand what I'm saying? Because there's all kinds of vegetation there. So, inshallah, that's going to be great. Um, And it hooks up to the iPhone. And if you do screen recording, um, and I can even go live and do it. So, that'll be fucking dope. So, thank you to whomever part of the Rev fam that it was. Thank you, fam. For tagging me to that, I fucking love the idea. I got it. It's going to be, it belongs to us. I'll bring it to the satsangs if you want. 
So if you want to bring your plants to the satsang, you can. And then you can record whatever music your plant is making. Or we can, if you bring your plants, we can put them in the room. But I don't know. Plants don't like to be moved around a lot. Uh, kind, of, kind of goes against their whole nature of being planted. Um, but I do move my plants around. Because I like to move everything around. Because I like everything to know that nothing is forever. <laughs> Like Carolina came over yesterday and the entire apartment looks different. And she was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, why are you always changing everything? She's like, now you're wearing this fucking hat and these glasses. Now this, now that. And then like next week, it's going to be like, you're going to be dressed completely different. The house is going to look completely different. I don't know, man. Nothing lasts forever. Stop getting stuck on fucking like wanting things to stay the same. Ugh, for what? That's like going to an amusement park and taking the same ride over and over again. Like, what's the issue? <laughs> like, there's a whole fucking park open to you. Do some different shit. Um, anyway, such a Gemini. I know, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're saying. Anyway, so uh, back to the, the living trolls. So the living trolls. Dear living Dunkin' Donuts trolls. Um, no, that's mean. Don't say that, Umber. Okay, fine. I won't say that. Um, it's just that they, have, they all have this one thing in common. And it's just strange to me. Like, I've never had problems with a Punjabi girl. I've never, never, never. About what? I've never had problems with South Indian girls. Never. South Indian girls think I'm South Indian. Never been a fucking issue. Like, there's no issue. There's just this, like, strange, specific sort of, like, population and these girls all have these like it's like this tree stump pop i don't know what it is but these bitches just be like first they like jack my shit they act like they like me they act like you know they love me even and then they just be doing the most shisty shit behind my back and legit this is the part that really gets me but i also think like i'm in that grown place that i just said so i'm good but the part that like always used to insult me before before i was woke about this this, uh, uh, which is an emotion I'm obviously still connected to, is <clears throat> just that, like, I, don't you understand effortlessness? Like, don't you understand, like, I'm just going to be real bitchy for a second. Like, do you understand that I started going to Paris when I was, like, 18, and I learned how to do this from the fucking best? Like, I was in the center of the center of the fucking fashion world at a, as a fucking 18-year-old, know-nothing fucking teenager that had, like, some great fucking breeding. You know, like they they just taught me everything. Effortlessness is learned, bitch. Just because I make it look easy doesn't mean it's fucking easy. Is what I'm trying to say. Y'all make y'all see me make it easy and don't understand how fucking bought in by the product you're being. I'm sucking you in to ex- I'm I'm giving you exactly what the fuck I want to give you. I'm making it look easy. This shit is not easy. Which is why when you try to recreate it, you create something so god-awful that leaves such a fucking bad taste in people's brains and mouths that they literally come running to me. Digitally running to me, going, oh my god, help me get this out of my brain now. And to all of you who send me those messages, oh my god, I can't believe I listened to that. I listened to that crazy podcast. I listened, I watched that crazy video and now I can't get it out of my head. To you, I say, can you be a little more discerning about what the fuck you watch and listen to? You can't tell by looking in people's eyes how shady they are or how unhinged they are. 
You know the thing I get most from like desi photographers that are always DMing me? They're like, yo, I love that you look straight at the camera. Where do you want me to look? <laughs> I'm a Vedic Taurus. Where do you want me to look? <clears throat> like, I'm looking at you. What's up? And my eyes are open. I'm not half asleep either. And I'm not like coy trying to like look at you from under my lashes like I'm trying to fuck you or something. I'm looking at you, Holmes. What's up? Like, what, what, like, (laughs) that's always what I say to people. I don't have any other, like, like, uh, step to me lines. Like, if you look at me for, like, more than three seconds, that's just what comes out of me. Like, what's up? You all right? You good? Like, (laughs) are you going to stop looking at me or what? Like, take this picture, okay? Like, (laughs) and, like, y'all bitches don't get it. Y'all bitches don't get it. You, you, you think this is easy. And for the, for the rest of you who watch it, listen to it, and then get fucked up by it, I already told you about physiognomy. I already told you about physiognomy. You got to look at people and you got to go off what your gut tells you about people. You got to look at people in the face and watch their mannerisms and listen to how their voice falters and fucking hear all the fucking agenda and bullshit and mimicry and everything going on. And you got to say, ew, this is an ugly vibe because you know what your water crystals are doing when you're watching shit like that? Oh, you want to get deep with me? You, you want me to fucking read your fucking life? I eat your food. I eat your food. You know what's going on with your fucking water crystals when you watch nonsense like that and you expose yourself? I've been trying to tell y'all for years at this point, but I didn't know how to tell you without having the water crystal conversation first. And I wasn't ready to have that conversation because I like to do things in order. But since we're all the way here now, can you look back on the podcast I've done in the past where I've been like, yo, be careful what you fucking put, your e- put in your ears. Be careful what you fucking watch. Why? Because that person has flow over your water crystals. Why do you think that you guys are like, oh, when I don't feel well, then I just go and watch your videos. Or I, wa- I listen to your podcast and I feel better because my water crystals are resonating. I'm like giving you that energy through the fucking screen. And then your water crystals are resonating with mine. And you know where my vibe stays. There's never been a question. Like I said, like that's what, remember when I said like I'm the same person I was at five? That's what I mean. My vibe has never changed. My vibe is always going to be, this is lit. Thank God I'm here. This is the funnest thing ever. I'm lit. I'm dope. What's good? Let's have some fun. Does anyone have any weed? Who, Who could I cop from? Anyone like, I got some money, what you got? That's my vibe. It's been my vibe so consistent for so fucking long. Like, replace weed with candy. Replace candy with crayons. Replace crayons with building blocks. Replace building blocks with giving, you know, adults hugs and stuff as an infant. Like, I know what the fuck is good. Let's have fun. What you got? This is what I got. What you want to get into? What you trying to do tonight? Like... Like, that's why people, they're like, oh my God, it's like the Vortex Lounge. That's what your place should be called. The ve- it can be called the Vector Lounge or the Vortex Lounge. In college, I told you, my room was called the Vortex for the three months. The, the three months that I was there, I had a fucking nickname. Because every single person that came in my room didn't want to leave. Because it's like being in like the lounge of the universe. Like, we chilling here. <laughs> Everything is good here. We just trying to have a good time. We just trying to talk and have a good time. I had a couple of people over the other night. They decided they were going to bring wine. Not a big deal. You know, you could do what you want. And halfway through the night, I could tell that the conversation was getting aggressive. 
And I just thought to myself, wow, this entire apartment is reacting. The entire apartment just went silent. It kind of went dead in here because the apartment was like not feeling the vibe. Like as soon as that edge of aggression comes out around me, I just, I shut down. Because like I think people play too much. I think people get aggressive and they talk about things and they get passionate about things. And I'm that person that like, that doesn't play sports because they don't know how to play a game. Because that shit's not a game to me. I know if you kick me, I'm going to hurt you. (laughs) So I don't want to play these games. I don't want to talk about this. No, no, because for y'all, it's just a conversation. And for me, it's not. And I like I don't know. I don't know how to play these games, you know. So if your vibe isn't there, but you're pretending to do what I do, the water crystals that you're like, I can't even think where your water chemistry is at and what you're putting out there. That's why you feel like shit when you watch that video, those videos, or you watch those people, or you listen to those people, because those people, I don't know, maybe someone, someone should do an experiment of like writing envy on water and leaving it and then freezing it and looking at it under, I think we need an electron microscope, don't you think? There's this one that you can get that attaches to the iPhone. I think I'll get that so we can do our own water crystals. I think that would be fun. Don't you think? Just for the Rev fam? Anyway, um, I wonder. Let's do Envy. Because listen, that's all that is. If you sitting around in any capacity wanting to be somebody else, this whole celebrity culture, y'all, you got to be careful. You got to be fucking careful. And just by the way, not one single one of those people has any problems that are any different than fucking yours. I think that's why Lemonade made Beyonce what she is. Because it was her being like, bitch, no matter what you think of me, I'm fucking relatable. This motherfucker was wildin'. That is fucking relatable as hell, don't you think? Everybody, the envy is so dangerous because you're making this very um, toxic assumption that somebody's life is in some way easier or better than yours. And I assure you, no matter what you think or feel based on your insecurities, that is not the case. That person is fighting perhaps the same exact struggle that you have, and yet it is 10 times worse because of the abundance that is also now a, a, a burden on their shoulders. You have to remember, God tests with lack and with abundance. I was just talking to my mom about this last night, and she was like, you know, abundance can also be a test. I said, Mom, everything is a test. What do you say? Everything is a test. And she said, doesn't that make you nervous? I said, no, I love tests. Yo, I was that kid who couldn't wait to walk into the fucking finals because I knew I was going to kill it. I'd fucking walk into finals and walk out 20 minutes later. And everyone in the class was like, fuck, there goes our curve. Curve? Yo, I didn't really even know what a curve was until I got to college. Because nobody in my fucking high school dared to talk to me about the curve and fucking up the curve. I didn't know that I'd been fucking up the curve my whole life. That's how much I didn't know what the fuck a curve was. I got to college and bitches started stressing me about fucking up the curve. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And they were like, because you got an A, we can't like get curved up to whatever, whatever. And I was like, so? (laughs) what the fuck does that have to do with me (laughs) what are you saying exactly you want me to dumb myself down so you could feel better about you because that's what the fuck it sounds like why don't you go home and open a book (laughs) fuck out of here are you kidding me so i've been fucking up the curve for a long time (laughs) where was i going with that um so yeah (sighs) one second Oh, yeah. So what I was saying was everything is a test. So my mom said that 
when she said, well, doesn't it make you nervous if you... Because when I said, everything is a test, mom. And she was like, what? And I was like, everything. Every moment. Every second. It is a test to see what your intentionality is. Are you pretending to be a good person or are you in fact a good person? Every moment this universe is popping in and out of existence. The way Nassim Harame puts it is that the field, the unified field of the vacuum is constantly checking in and out, input, output with you, getting a read on you. What is that? That's a fucking test. That's a test of your vibe and your intentionality and your, and, 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 and your well, what, what dimension do you live in? Every moment is readjusting to you to where you belong and where you deserve to be. Everything is a fucking test. And if you get nervous taking tests, I bet your fucking hands are sweating right now. But I don't. I love taking tests because I know I'm going to fucking rock them. I have no fucking nervousness not walking into a test. None whatsoever. That's why knowing that it's a test every moment doesn't fucking phase me at all. Yeah, it's a test. Okay, well, I'm going to pass, inshallah. I'm going to pass. I'm going to ace it. Right. So how do you get to that place where you realize that every moment is a test and you can have the perfect confidence? You got to study. And how do you study? You pray. And what do you pray for? Other people. Other people. Pray prayers of thanks. What did I tell you? First thing when I open my eyes in the morning, thank God for my parents. Thank God for my parents. Thank God for my brothers. Thank, thank God for their wives. Thank God for their children. Thank God for my child. Thank God for you guys. Thank God for the revolution. Thank God for, you know, my friends. Like, and I think my friends always get lower and lower on that list because I pray for them like all through the day. Like I can tell when my friends are frustrated. I can tell when they feel lonely. I can tell when they're sad. And like, you know, it just takes but 10 seconds of your life just in your mind to be like, you know, Please give that person some ease. Please bring that person someone to love them. Please bring that person more abundance. You know, please bring that person a very clean mirror so they can look at themselves because they bug in. Like, whatever it is, if you want to study for this test, that's the way. You have to, you know, worship isn't about getting what you want and worship isn't just about glorifying God, even though those things are fine to do. But truly, if there is something that you can do, if you, if studying, if you want to study the, the, you know, if you want to get the Princeton review, (laughs) that's what it used to be called. The Princeton review to, to ace these SATs. If you want to get that, you want to take the super fancy review class, you know, to ace this test, um, this is the key. Pray for the people around you. You know, in the Quran, it says, with, with hardship, I promise you ease. And in Islam, you are allowed to hold God to God's word. You know, when I pass people on the street that are like homeless and can't, like, I, it's they're suffering, I'm like, yo, like, right in that moment, I'm like, yo, God, you promised hardship and ease. Like, give this person ease. You promised. <laughs> like, come on, dude, you promised. You're allowed. You're allowed to say you promise that, you know, with night comes day. You promise that for every soul is made an adjoining soul. You promised. Like, hello. <laughs> yeah. Come on, (laughs) like you're allowed. You're totally allowed. It's not seen as disrespectful. It's not seen as anything. It's actually seen as prayer. It's you holding God to God's word and say, and I do that for people all the time. Whenever I see people suffering, I'm like, yo, remember what you said? 
<laughs> with burden. I remember when Beyonce posted that. And I was like, see, that's really dope. Like, she gets it. She get, Of course, that's such a Virgo thing. She gets it. Like, if I've promised you hardship, I've also promised you ease. Relax. You will get both. I promise you. It's my, it's my word to you. So then when you know that, then you can say, like, come on. Like, this person looks like they're in some real hardship. So that means that, that you've promised them just this same amount of ease. So how about we give them some? Because, like, he really needs it. Look at him. You know what I mean? And, so, and we need that. We need, that is the Princeton Review. That is the easiest way to ace this exam. Now, what is the exam and what do you get for it? Nothing. You don't take tests to go to the next class. <laughs> you take tests to prove your level of knowledge. At least that's what a test is supposed to be. Not what we've turned it into. You don't, you don't just take a test to get into college. You take a test to, to show yourself your level of understanding of a certain concept or a group of concepts. And by that understanding, you are then sent to the appropriate place to either gain more understanding or to review something that you obviously didn't get. And the easiest way to ace this test is to pray for other people because what you're exhibiting and understanding for is, think about it, a lot of things, non-attachment, selflessness, right? Um, Just there is a level of compassion and empathy implied in using your precious life energy to wish well for others even like the the tree stump uh, stump crowd even like the buffalo bill bitches yo i pray for them all the time because i'm like yo this bitch is like not well like she doesn't have a single friend to be like dog you gotta stop doing this like this is bad like imagine how lonely life must be if you don't have one single person who like has enough love for you to be like are you all right because this is bad now like this is really bad like all jokes aside I know I can be harsh I know I can be jokey I know I can be mixy but like this is bad (laughs) you know that's I laugh like that when I'm when something freaks me out (laughs) like this is fucked up bro you fuck like something's wrong and so I pray I pray that she will have somebody come into her life who loves her enough to be like, are you all right? You know, I pray that the other one at some point in her life before she does something too fucked up, like realizes that her soul needs some, like she's got some splotches on there that are scary. You know, like when she leaves here, she not going to a better place. It's real obvious too. You know what I mean? Like I I pray. I pray for her soul. You know? Like that's not, I'm not, I'm not being uh, facetious. I really mean it. Like you gotta pray for your haters. You gotta pray for the people you love. You gotta pray for the stranger on the street that you walk by that you know is sad. That you know her life is falling apart or his life is falling apart. You could just see it for the sad kid on the subway. For the sad kid walking down the street. Like you know who these people are. 
People are telling you with their vibrational field while they walk by you and your field intermingles and receives information and gives information to theirs. You know exactly what the fuck is going on. It's not just people like me or people who can see auras and blah, blah, blah. It's all of us. It's all of us. These things are proven, right? We know that the British made yoga and stretching and meditation and everything illegal. And they told the missionaries to tell the Indians that it was from the devil. Because when they first went to India and tried to colonize it, they were met with people who had all kinds of superhuman abilities. They were everywhere. And they realized that these things were commonly known. They were called siddhis. And that if you practiced hatha yoga long enough, you could acquire them. It's no big deal. And they were like, well, we can't colonize a population that can go invisible. My God, you know. And there we went. So you see what I mean? Sorry, I keep dropping the phone. You see what I mean? Um, About this being a test. uh, About praying for the... Praying for those who would, in fact, if they had the power, completely destroy you. I saw text messages earlier this week from a girl who just sent me voice messages the same week saying how much she loves me and how much she appreciates me I got text messages screenshots of text messages that that same girl sent that same week talking about me in ways that I actually don't want to repeat and plotting in very plain language like very plain Plotting to, uh, what were the words? We can use this to our advantage. And I was just like, oh, wow. Like, you got to pray for people who legit are plotting your downfall. That's how you ace this test. You ace this test by realizing that these people and where they are heading... And what kind of energy is coming to them is truly so frightening, so full of lack. Like money can't stay around that. Money, power, love, it's all slipping away. All of that that was written for you belongs to me now. It's mine. You wrote my name on it. It's amazing. In a way, I think that's why I also like secretly love doing things that create haters because it's such an easy supply of energy. You know what I mean? Like I farm haters. Oh my God, that's so true. (gasps) You see what happens? This Taurus energy. Oh my God. I knew the day after Valentine's Day was going to get real mixy, but I had no idea it was going to be this bad, honey. Smoke them if you got them. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, people would be like, I'm smoking, like uncles and stuff of mine would be like, I'm smoking a magic cigarette. And I'd be like, oh my God, I want to smoke magic cigarettes. (laughs) (coughs) 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 Who doesn't want to smoke a fucking magic cigarette? Yo, so I'm working with this company. I think, I think, fingers crossed, where I'm going to do a vape of some kind and like a, a strain of weed. And I'll call it magic mm-hmm with a k magicon Ooh, magicon but one word magicon Ooh, i love it anyway 
Um, so yeah, you, you, um, and you got to pray from the heart, you know, you can't even like just do it just to like do it and be like, fine. Okay. I'll pray for that bitch. who like totally stole my this or that or fuck my life up or, but no, 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 no. For real, for real. You got to pray like, dear, like dear God, save that person from themselves because it's terrifying like where they're heading and what is coming to them is so terrifying. Oh my God, I totally missed the point. I totally made myself forget that I just said I farm haters. <gasps> but now I'm back. Oh my God, what a realization. I farm haters because I do things, I do certain things and I say certain things on purpose to bring that element out because I don't like them hiding amongst the masses. You know, I don't like them at our meetings. I like to root them out. I do things on purpose to sift through the crowd because I know once I have these mixy bitches on one side and I know who they are, they're much like they're much easier to well, yeah, to farm because the more they hate me, the more they write their names on all of their they write my name on all of their blessings. They literally just are like they're I'm yeah, I'm using literally like the Kardashians because if everyone's going to do it, I'm going to do it. Now, if I really mean something, I say actually, because literally doesn't mean literally anymore, but everyone's doing it. So I'm going to do it too. Adaptation, bitch. Um, they're just giving, they're just packaging it up nicely, putting a big, you know, bow on it and my name on it and shipping it along to me. And I can feel it. I can feel huge surges of abundance, good luck, all of it when these hoes do their mixy shit. I can feel it. It's crazy. My palm will, my right hand will start itching like crazy. And I'm like, oh my gosh, more? Like, what are these hoes up to? <laughs> so um, I guess I should say thank you. I am praying for you. You know, because like at the end of the day, you put yourself on the farm. Like, you know what I mean? You put yourself there, bitch. Like, I didn't, I, I, I didn't entice you in any way to do that shit. So thanks, though, for all the extra energy, you know, loves. Um, But you should like you should do something like you should objectively listen to and watch your own stuff and just see how psychotic it is and how many people have now got access to you in a recorded fashion, recorded media being blatantly unwell that's scary (laughs) I mean it's funny to me because it ain't me but it's scary (laughs) it's it should be scary to you is what I mean you should be afraid of yourself and what the fuck you doing (laughs) we not scared but we watch it honey we got popcorn and we are amused (laughs) and by we I mean the entire rev fam you know we peep you. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> Somebody, uh, oh, she also was like, oh, my God, she totally stands herself. I was like, oh, my God, who's supposed to stand me? <laughs> I am my own stand. Of course. That's the whole problem. Bitch, maybe if you stand yourself, you wouldn't be trying to be me. <laughs> stand yourself, please. And we are not a cult. We are a gang. What's wrong with you? 
these like hoes like they're just from i don't know it's also about like just not knowing anything just the provincial like mindset it's like you can be as well educated as one can be and still be like my dad said like i told you last week from like nowhere nothing in the mind you can be from the smallest provincial town in the most provincial place in the world and be the most like elegant open-minded classiest well-educated person and you can be the most well-educated person in the center of the world and be the most backwards idiotic you know cringingly backwards person like ugh, it's so bad <laughs> it's so bad let's stop talking about it it's so icky anyway <clears throat> so yes fam i see it all I see what's going on. It's okay. It's only working to our benefit. It only adds to our blessings. It's good to shake things up a little while and see, you know, the gunk that falls out because these, like, they're like slugs. They just, like, squirm their way in. You just got to throw some salt on them and dry them out. Um, so since we've done the, the, the dirty work and the heavy lifting, how about we wash our hands of it all, light it if you got it, drink something, and let's get back into the fun things. So I yelled at you. Yes, I'm aware. Does it feel good for someone to tell you that you're being stupid for being needy? No, probably not. But I'm also not going to fill you with toxicity. Like, just I'm telling you, being needy is just a symptom of self-neglect. Yes. <laughs> yes. I know, I'm going to say it again. Being needy is just a symptom of self-neglect. If you were taking care of you, you wouldn't need anybody. <clears throat> you can love people. You can be attached to them even, although I don't recommend it. You can love people. You can want them. You can do things for them. But as soon as you need them... You have fucked up. You're fucking up. This whole like now it's okay to be like I'm so needy. Okay, well it's apparently it's also okay for her to pretend to be 10 different skin tones. It's also okay for her to appropriate almost everything, even things that are incredibly damaging. It's also okay like come on, stop it. I don't get on these fucking Disney princess bandwagons. Like enough. We did this in the fucking 90s with Britney Spears and them until they fucking lost their minds. And one, you know, just like ate herself to death almost. And the other shaved her fucking head. Like, relax. We're not doing this all over again. She's another Disney manufactured. Just remember. Just remember. She has been used for that sort of mind control since she was a fucking kid. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. No, because we can't have a conversation about pedophilia, rape culture, and all this. And then you know that she's promoting so many of the same things in the new shit that she's coming out with. And you know she's stealing songs from artists, women of color, people of color. You know, you know. And not only is she stealing the actual songs, the words, the beat, the swag, everything... But now it's about appropriating color. It's about appropriating hair. It's about doing all these things. And it's not like, oh, well, lots of people wear weaves and blah, blah. Yes, it's a part of their culture to do it. But what you're doing 
is you're taking something that's already a part of several different cultures and you're using the fact that they use it as it's like second level appropriation. And just because we don't really have a word for it doesn't mean we don't know how to articulate it. And it sure as fuck don't mean that we don't fucking peep it. So anyone who wants to be like, oh, certain skin tones can get darker and lighter depending on the sun. And ah, 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 that's not what the fuck we're talking about. And you fucking know it. That's not what the fuck we're talking about. And you fucking know it. Why y'all the only people allowed to do this shit? Something like Gwen Stefani used to run around fucking hopping around with a fucking bindi and with the whole fucking Hindu like the Munder makeup on her face. That's mad disrespectful. Remember when Madonna did that and she got in a lot of trouble? Yeah, because that's religious symbolism, bitch. You can't do that. Like, why are y'all the only ones who can run around doing this? Acting a mess. Now you Korean. Now you Indian. Now you Japanese. Now you black. Now you did. Yo, you, you be you. You be you. Well, what does that mean? What am I? I don't know. Look to your culture. You be you. That's not my problem. What? Just because you can't find something interesting to big up about your own culture, that means it's okay for you to come over here and wear fucking bindis? You need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> no, honestly, you need to get the fuck out of here. That's not how this fucking works. And it's not no, it's not about privilege. It's not about this or oh, well when we wore them we got in trouble or when we wore them we got made fun of whatever. I'm not even with that. It's not about that. It's not about that. This is about respect. This is about culture and history and not being blind to the to the evils of colonialism and slavery and the rest of it. There was slavery here for 500 years. There was the Raj in India for 500 years. They split our fucking country in two. (laughs) They destroyed the subcontinent. Like, let's not pretend that none of those things happen when we have these fucking conversations about cultural appropriation or about artists or about racism. Like, let's put it all in the fucking context that it's supposed to be in. You see what I'm saying? There's a lot of things that it's hee hee ha ha fun to be like new age about and this and that and ooh, love and light and alignment. Yeah, but there's a lot of things that you need to be very practical about and historically very factual about. It's not all about love and light. You're talking about colonialism. You're talking about things that destroyed entire fucking nations, entire races of people. Fuck you. It's not just about wearing a fucking bindi. It's not just about making yourself legit like 12, 13 shades darker than you are. That's No, that's not just about style. It's not just about aesthetic. Stop giving me that stupid fucking argument. I don't give a fuck what part of Europe you're from. That's not what the fuck we're saying and you fucking know it. Yeah, I know how dark Sicilians could get. A lot of people think I'm fucking Sicilian when I'm in that part of the world. I know what the fuck you're saying and you know what the fuck I'm saying. That's not what the fuck it's about. It's everything. It's the whole fucking thing. Why are you pretending? Why? Do you understand how fucking offensive it is? Does anyone really get why that Gucci sweater is so fucking offensive? Does anyone actually get it? It's offensive because white people used to dress up like black people. Base level, right? Isn't, isn't, Isn't that it? Is it base level? Yes, they used to dress up like black people and clown them. And 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 what and what is appropriation? What 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 she's doing isn't blackface? Is she is she not pretending to be a black girl? I'm just gonna put it out there. 
since none of y'all want to fucking say it, I'm just, I'll do it. No problem. Is she not pretending to be a woman of color? Wait, is she pretending to be an ambiguous, ambiguous woman of color? Perhaps, but not really. Because her accent keeps changing. Her accent's becoming more and more and more hood by the second. Right? Right? Okay. So is she not pretending to be black? I'll wait. I'll wait. Okay. So she's doing blackface, right? Am I right? Okay. So Seven Rings comes out, which is basically her doing blackface and also doing Asian face, right? So she does that. And then this Gucci sweater comes out and we're mad. Okay, but one of these people, I mean, I, look, be mad at the Gucci sweater. I'm mad at it. I'm not, I'm not saying anything positive. I'm saying one of these instances, you got like three, four minutes of someone basically clowning culture. That's blackface. You know that it is. You know, I'm not arguing with you hoes. You know that it is. And then this Gucci sweater comes out and we mad. And we surprised. Oh, my God. How did it get through so many people? How did so many people let it go? Oh, my God. Who approved it? I mean, what they don't have a sensitivity department. They don't have a, you know, a racial like blah, 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 blah. And a sensitivity like person. And uh, nah, 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 nah. yeah, yeah, they have all that. And she put that video out and none of you blinked. And they were like, oh, I guess blackface is in, darling. Roll out the sweater. Like, come on. You think that's the only product they had like that? You naive as fuck. You don't think they had ski masks? You don't think they had other shit? Yo, you dumb. You dumb. <laughs> you goofy. Like, come on. These things are rolled out in a specific way for a reason. You can't, Because if you're going to let that instance clown you and you're not going to say anything, then it's like, okay, they're ready for more. Come on. Come on. No, because we got to say it. Yo, we got to say it how it is. Oh, and it makes you uncomfortable because an art girl is allowed to do art just because she's white or whatever. It has nothing to do with her being white. This is not about white people. Again, you guys misunderstand the conversation. Cultural appropriation isn't about y'all. It's about what y'all are doing to us. It's about what has been done to us and how now you want to turn that into a fashion fucking statement. You can't. It's not allowed. You know why? Because it's disgusting. Oh, well, she looks beautiful. It's disgusting. Oh, well, it really suits her. It's fucking gross. It's culturally so insensitive as to border on being fucking humiliating. It's disgusting. Everything that she's displaying in that video is a product directly of 500 years of slavery and then the ensuing Jim Crow laws and then the ensuing civil rights movement and every fucking thing that has happened from then until now, including Black Lives Matter. Her fucking not even knowing how to twerk, whatever the fuck she's doing in front of that fucking neon trap house is fucking disgusting. Because she holds no claim to that culture in any way, shape, or form and is a product in every single way of white privilege. Why do I need to be the fucking one to spell this out? It's fucking disgusting. And you know what? 
if y'all people don't stop treating Asians like we just a fucking farm for your fucking hair and your quirky toys, I swear, I'm going to start getting really fucking mad and start really reading hoes. What the fuck is she doing? It's not enough for you to pretend to be black. Now you got to pretend to be mixed. Now you have black and Asian, bitch. And who the fuck in her management or on her label, like, doesn't check this bitch and isn't like, are you still pretending to be in a dollhouse and look like a child? Like, do you know how much pedophilia shit is going on right now? Do you know how much, like, shit is coming out? Even more shit about the church, Epstein, the Clintons, everything, British Parliament, all the kids that were taken away, this whole Pizzagate shit. Like, do you know, do you understand the cultural climate in which you are now once again pretending to look like a little girl, except now you're on all fours? Oh, you want me to do this? I'll do this with you. I don't have a fucking problem. This shit is fucking disgusting. Why are we allowing this shit? Why are we allowing this shit? You know why, right? You know what this is, right? If you, after the water crystals, and see, now I'm getting into some real dangerous shit. Like, I can feel it. If you, I'm going to leave it here, actually. I'm going to leave it here because I'm not stupid. I'll, I'll leave you with this. And then after this, we could talk at the satsangs. But even at the satsangs, yo, they be plants. So you got to be careful. If you, after the Water Crystal podcast, have not sincerely taken a look at your music catalog and really wondered what you are listening to and what it is doing to you, go listen to it again. Because... <laughs> You think it's a coincidence that what I spend my time listening to is audiobooks and dance hall and like old school like desi music? Yo, there's a reason. Nothing changes your vibe faster than sound. Because sound is pure vibration, bro. Ooh. You understand? Think about it a little bit. Look into it a little bit. I'm sorry if I yelled at you. I'm sorry if the first part was quite harsh, but some of y'all fucking needed it. As far as all the gunky stuff out there and all the people, well, it's just a few who really, like, need some help. Y'all, we're praying for you guys. You know, like, we we don't mind the mimicry. We don't mind the copying. Like, the rev is too big for that now. We don't care. It's just, it's a little bit disturbing, though. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to be real with you. If I see you, like, I'm going to spray you from down the block. Like, you're not even getting anywhere near breathing the same air as me. Because you unhinged as fuck. Um, to the other one, or other couple of ones, or whatever it was. Um, I can tell that you have a lot of abundance in store for you in your life. And I'm so sad to know. Just know in my gut that you'll give all of it away with the same behavior and that you'll have nothing. And I think you already know that too. You can sense the, the impending doom of that nothingness and emptiness. You can sense how cleaned out you are. And, and whatever you 
put into play or however long you thought it would last, I can feel it within myself that at least for the next like five or 10 years, everything good that was supposed to come to you just fell in my lap. Pray, pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. I'll pray for you too. Anyway, so there's that. Um, and what else? Mm-hmm-hmm. I've been getting a lot of podcast interview requests. Hey, would you like to interview so-and-so on your podcast? Would you like to interview so-and-so? Um, no. No, I would not. And I'll tell you why. This is a very pure space and it's about her learning and healing and really <laughs> it's safe. Um, I was having a conversation yesterday with someone who gets really paranoid when they smoke, but they love to smoke with me and they love to smoke in this house because they never get paranoid and it's really the only time they can smoke weed. And I was like, well, do you know, uh, you know, do you know why that is? And I don't think a lot of people get this. Weed doesn't make you paranoid. Fear makes you paranoid. And when you get high, you feel everything. And if you feel fearful and are afraid, you will get paranoid when you smoke because that is your most intense emotion. And that is, by the way, your most intense emotion is what is creating the construct around you at all times. And so the reason a lot of people who get hella paranoid and actually are the type of people who say, no, I never smoke, are people that you'll catch in my house smoking and other people be like, yo, motherfucker, you say you never smoke. And say, yeah, but I can smoke around her. Because you know you're safe. You don't have that running anxiety and that fear, not in this house, not with me. Because like, I'll fuck a bitch up. Like you're safe. Nothing's going to happen to you in here. And this is a safe space. And so in the same way, my energy, wherever I take it, I have that same level of authority. Again, south node in Aries conjunct Mars. You know, the last person who looked at my chart, the way she put it was, you've been a warrior for so long, I doubt you know how to do anything else. I was like, oh, I know how to do other things. (laughs) Pause, pause, pause. I know how to do a lot of shit, bitch. (laughs) But. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, I can't with myself. I don't even know what the fuck I was saying. (laughs) The point is. Take care of yourself. I love you. So, so much is, and this, and that's what I was saying. This is a safe space. This is a safe space. And like my energy, wherever I take it is a safe space. And people can smoke around me, even when they're in public, people who can't smoke in public smoke down the street, walking with me. And they're like, yo, I haven't smoked walking down the street in 20 years. And I'm like, yeah, it's all right. (laughs) Like grown ass men. Or I'm like, you're all right, dude. (laughs) Like, you'll be fine. This podcast is also a safe space. And the only people that I'm going to let into this safe space, aside from y'all, is uh, people that I know are RevFam and that we trust is, are only going to bring the vibe that we have become accustomed to listening to to adjust our water crystals a certain way, right? 
Even my voice is carrying my water crystal signature. You get that, right? So, uh, inshallah, that is all to say that I am really, really excited to announce that I'll have Emily Sears on the podcast, inshallah, at the end of February when I'm in L.A. And I just think she's wonderful. I know I've mentioned her before. I think she has a very unique and empowering perspective on um, the women that now we want to once ob- again objectify and classify according to like these archaic 1950s sta- standards. <clears throat> so I think she's very progressive and quite revolutionary in her spirit. Actually, she's like super rev fam. And I just have a lot of respect for her. And I think that she can give us a lot of insight from her unique perspective of being so incredibly beautiful and so incredibly sought after by men and, and, and being so woke and intelligent and so, you know, female, like empowerment centered. I think she has a lot of insight to give us into what it's, you know, what the heightened female experience is like and how this society has a tendency to denigrate anything that it cannot control, um, whether it be someone with a lot of sexuality or not enough sexuality. or I think what I'm trying to impose upon you is that on any end of the spectrum, we find that we are subjected to the same issues And I find Emily to be a really refreshing, honest, um, I find her to be like a dialogue that is necessary with a group of women that I think are written off in such a dismissive way in our culture. Like even other women will refer to women on Instagram like this or like that. And it's just so disgusting. Like, (laughs) I don't get it. <clears throat> I don't I don't fight amongst my own army. You know what I'm saying? Like that doesn't make any kind of sense to me. And yes, if you're like, but you said tree stump or whatever, they ain't in my army. Um <laughs> get out of here. Um so I was gonna make a really bad joke about Genghis Khan and a wheel, but I'm not going to because that's fucked up. Uh oh yeah, but I asked her about that, that natal chart lady, because I was like, I have a really specific kind of question. And she was like, yeah, go for it. And I was like, how long have I been a Khan? And she was like, oh, well, you know the answer to that. And I was like, forever, right? Forever, forever. <laughs> forever, right? <laughs> What's wrong with me? Why am I like this? <laughs> anyway, I say all that to say that this is a safe space and I feel like Emily would be a wonderful first addition to this safe space as um, a fight, you know, a fighter in the cause. She's just great. You'll love her. She's got this great accent and she's just super sweet and really smart. And I love that combination. You know, I love when women are super sweet and they're also super smart because like I'm smart, but I got that like razor edge you know, whip of a tongue, um, you know, I could, I could be nicer. Is what I, was <laughs> I could be nicer. <laughs> I was going to tell you a bad joke that my, my son told me about how much of a Gemini I am, but I'm not going to tell you. I'll title it at the satsang in Oakland. 
but I'm not going to tell you now. <laughs> I don't want to read myself that bad. I loves, loves, loves yous. And uh, I will see you soon. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah, I love you. I'll see you soon next week. Rap fam forever. It's your girl, DJ Nark.